for the reading of God's Word today, Luke chapter 2, and verses 8 through verse 20, a familiar passage this time of year, um, Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through verse 20. The Bible says in verse number 8 of Luke chapter 2, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Gloria in excelsis Deo. And that's what the Greek is on this, or the Latin, maybe the Latin. But glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. When it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us go even, let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. When they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. And let's pray one more time together. Lord, we're thankful for your word. We're thankful for this passage of scripture. And what a, what a wonderful uh, portion of the Christmas record that we just read. Lord, I pray you'd help us to learn lessons from it tonight, uh, this morning. Help us, Lord, to apply these truths to our lives and uh, to be different because of our time together in your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. So this morning we're going to conclude our four-week Christmas series called Fear Not. And uh, now the truth is we have a lot going on in our world right now and in our lives at this moment that can easily produce fear if we're not careful. Uh, You just kind of look at the news for about five minutes and there's uh, multiple headlines that could cause fear in our lives. We know that God desires, though, that His people would not be overcome by fear, but instead to live by faith in the fact that God is good and that God is going to work all things together for good to those that love God and are called according to His purpose. It was the Lord who said to His people way back in Isaiah's day, Fear not, or He says, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Do you believe that this morning? That he will uphold us? That he will help us? That he will be with us? Do you believe that this morning? As we go into a new year, and hopefully it's a better year with the news headlines and and, uh, the circumstances are better in 2021, but even if they're not, Do you really believe that God will be with you? 
That He will strengthen you, that He will help you, that He will uphold you with the right hand of His righteousness? Do you believe that? I hope you do, because uh, that should, those truths that He will do all of those things, those promises, should cause us to fear thou not. Remember it was Jesus who would later say, as He talks to His disciples there, or or to His followers, uh, there on the Sermon on the Mount, as He says, look, you're all concerned about, you know, what you're going to wear. You're all concerned about, you know, what you're going to eat. And, and uh, you know, all those things do the Gentiles seek. But I want you to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then he says this to them in Luke, in Luke chapter, I think it's 6. He says, fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He says, you don't need to worry, you don't need to fret, you don't need to fear about all those things that everyone else out in the world is scared of. Uh, You can uh, walk in faith. Well, in this series, we've already looked at three instances in the Christmas record where someone needed to be told, fear not. Last Sunday morning, if you recall, we looked at Zacharias, the elderly priest, who was told by an angel that he and his wife would bear a son in their old age, and his name would be called John, and he would become the forerunner of Jesus Christ. He would become the one, that voice crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. And uh, remember his doubt when that angel appeared to him, and again, not to cast judgment on Zacharias, because I don't know that I would have responded uh, perfectly in that scenario either, but uh, but as a result of his doubt, remember, he ended up losing his, the ability to speak at least. But then after, he, after John was born, he became a man of tremendous faith and a tre- uh, man who praised the Lord. Well, then last Sunday night, we studied the passage where Mary was approached by the angel Gabriel as he declared that she as a virgin would bring forth a son of God. And we saw how she responded as well. She responded uh, differently. She responded in humility and submission. Uh, She was willing to do the will of God no matter what others thought of her. Certainly, uh, her being pregnant uh, would cause people to wonder, uh, uh, yeah, sure, the Holy Ghost came upon you, and yeah, right. Um, Who were you with? Was it Joseph or someone else? And yet she was willing to take all that on in order to do the will of God. And and the encouragement for us is to uh, not uh, fret about our plans being changed and our plans being canceled. We kind of got used to that here in 2020, didn't we? Uh, But Mary was an example of being willing to go with the flow and be flexible and, and to be willing to do the will of God, even if it means a radical, complete change of our life. And that was the case for Mary. Well, then on Wednesday night, we saw how Joseph then was told to fear not to take Mary to be her wife because the angel mentioned how that Mary was still indeed pure and that she would give birth to Jesus Christ who has come to save his people from our sins. And then we noticed how Joseph was willing to obey the Lord and to obey swiftly, not once, not twice, but at least three times in Matthew 1 and in Matthew number uh, chapter number 2 as well. Now this morning we turn our attention to the lowly shepherds abiding in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Have you ever noticed recently, and probably all of you have, that there are many different kinds of news that get shared uh, recently? We hear bad news, 
I mean, even Christmas morning, um, hearing about what happened to uh, Nikki's cousin. Uh, I guess that was more sad news and happy news at the same time. Um, and then hearing about what happened in Nashville and wondering about that and what's going on there, what caused that and why, why they did that. We hear a scary news. We hear biased news, depending on where you get your news from. Uh, we hear fake news. We hear news that can cause uncertainty and fear, but praise the Lord, there is also good news. Today we're going to look at these good tidings of great joy. So yes, there's a lot of different types of news that's out there that we're getting our information from, but this morning I want to encourage us to focus here on the good tidings of great joy, which shall be, by the way, to all people. So, uh, and, and look, not to say we don't need to be clueless about what's going on around us, we need to be aware, but at the same time, our focus as believers needs to be on these good tidings of great joy during this crazy time. That's what keeps us grounded. That's what keep us, keeps us walking in faith instead of fear. If we're so focused on all the other news outlets that we're getting our information from and we're neglecting the good news of the Word of God, then our focus is going to be off and we're going to start to deal with that fear. We're going to start living in fear instead of faith. And so this morning, I do want to encourage us to have the focus right here in God's Word. So let's dive quickly into this passage and learn three truths about this portion of the Christmas record. First of all, we see in verses 8 and 9, the scene was amazing. The scene there was absolutely amazing. It was incredible. It was unbelievable. It was awesome. I'm from California, and the word awesome gets used so much in California. It's kind of a California word. Awesome, dude. And, you know, that's Okay, i got to translate into the Oklahoma language here. Um, uh, I don't know. I can't. I, some of you may have to help me after church on that one. Okay? Uh, but we threw the word awesome around all the time. But, but this scene was truly awesome. It, it was uh, full of awe. and it, it, it was amazing. It was completely out of the ordinary. Here's what happened. The Bible says... They were in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night, kind of doing the, the normal humdrum routine of life, the ordinary. And then all of a sudden, out of the ordinary comes the extraordinary. In verse number 9, it says, And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. So I see a couple reasons why this was such a, an amazing scene, because first of all, an angel of the Lord was there. <coughs> Excuse me. An angel of the Lord was there. Now, it was not every day. We kind of get the impression as we've gone through this series in four quick services, we've seen the angel appear to Zacharias and then to Mary, and then to Joseph, and now to these shepherds. And we kind of get the impression like this is like an everyday occurrence, that an angel appears. Well, uh, you look at Zacharias. We mentioned that it had been 400 years since God communicated with man, and then all of a sudden an angel shows up to Zacharias. Well, then uh, the angel Gabriel then appears to Mary six months later. 
So six months go by and nothing, crickets. And then the angel appears to, to Mary and, and uh, perhaps a couple months later appears to Joseph. And then uh, there's silence. Again, nothing, crickets for months. And then now all of a sudden, again, in verse number nine, the angel of the Lord came upon them. It's not every day that this took place. There was 400 years of silence and then months in between these appearances of angels. We're going through it pretty quickly uh, in this week, but uh, I, it, it wasn't like an everyday deal. Um, now, who was this angel? Some people believe it, it could be Gabriel because he was involved with the announcement to Zacharias and to Mary. But the Bible doesn't give us the identity of the angel that appeared to Joseph, nor does it give the identity of the angel that appeared to the shepherds. There's some discussion about whether it was the Lord Jesus himself, although it's unlikely uh, because he was already in uh, he was already in the manger um, because they, the Bible says the angel of the Lord. And uh, when it says the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament, oftentimes that is a reference to the fact that it was an Old Testament appearance of Jesus Christ, a Christophany. Um, one such incident that I can think of that I was uh, reading about today, uh, reminded about, and that is in the story of the three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that were thrown into that fiery furnace because they refused to bow to a statue that Nebuchadnezzar had risen up. And... Uh, they were put into that, and, and uh, they weren't harmed in any way. Those who threw them into the furnace were harmed. They died because the heat of that furnace was raised seven times hotter. Well, then Nebuchadnezzar looks in, and he says, Hey, didn't we just put three in? And he, they said, Yeah, we only put three in. He said, Actually, I see four. And uh, the fourth one looks like the Son of God. And uh, because it was an Old Testament appearance of Jesus Christ... And uh, really, a lot of the times, and I think every time the Bible says the angel of the Lord, it's a reference to uh, Old Testament appearance of Jesus Christ. However, here in the New Testament, um, the, uh, when it says the angel of the Lord, it's not necessarily uh, referring to the Lord Jesus because he was actually in the manger. So, um, and again, when he came to this earth, he didn't lay aside who he was, but he has laid aside some of the uh, manifestations of who he was. And uh, he kind of limited himself on exercising all of his abilities. So the angel of the Lord was there, and of course that got their attention, because it wasn't every day that you see an angel, and of course they had never seen an angel. And so this angel appears to them, and it was amazing because of that, but it was also amazing because the glory of the Lord was there. Again, verse number 9, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And that's why a lot of people think that this was the Lord Jesus. I, I, I just can't, I, I'm not going to make a dogmatic statement either way. You can do your own research and study on it and uh, go for it. Um, but here the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and, and uh, this was an amazing scene. This wasn't just like, Oh, a little, a little shooting star up there in the sky. No, this caught their attention and stalled them right where they were. 
I think of the uh, I think of Saul of Tarsus as he makes his way to Damascus to persecute Christians. The Bible says in Acts chapter nine and verse number three, as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. Does that sound familiar? Uh, the glory of the Lord was revealed and and shown here because of what was about to be shared with those shepherds. <clears throat> now it is interesting to note this morning that the angel. And the glory of the Lord both appeared to a bunch of lowly shepherds. God chose the shepherds. Why would he do that? Well, a few reasons this was significant. One, it seems that God has favored shepherds throughout history and scripture. We know from the Bible that Abel was a shepherd. We know that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob all had flocks of sheep. Moses was a shepherd before he became another type of shepherd as he led the Israelites out of Egypt. David was a shepherd boy before becoming the second king of Israel. And so throughout the, the word of God, we see a God placing some emphasis on those who dealt with sheep. And of course, we know that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We're likened to sheep. We're the sheep of his pasture. We're going to learn about a little bit tonight in uh, Psalm 100. So uh, God definitely favored shepherds in, in, throughout the word of God. And I believe secondly, not only that, but uh, it's significant because shepherds who were experts in sheep and lambs came to see Jesus Christ, who would later be referred to as the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. You see, they had an understanding of what lambs and sheep were meant to do and meant to be. And so it was fitting that they would be the first visitors to see the Lord Jesus Christ, who was the Lamb of God. And it was also fitting that the shepherds would be the first one to know about the birth of Christ because Jesus would later call himself the good shepherd who giveth his life for the sheep. So no wonder these shepherds were the ones chosen to be the first visitors to hear this, uh, to, to be a part of this amazing scene uh, because Jesus would be the good shepherd which would one day give his life for the sheep. And so we see the fact, first of all, that this scene was amazing. But secondly, I want us to look at the fact that the shepherds were afraid. The shepherds were afraid. And verse number 9, at the end of it, after they see this scene, the Bible says, and they were sore afraid. The Bible says that as these shepherds, as they see the angel of the Lord and the glory of the Lord, that they were afraid, but not only afraid, they were sore afraid. Have you ever been sore afraid? The word sore means exceeding, big, great, strongly. <clears throat> they were exceedingly afraid. They were, they were terrified. And I believe the first thought that they had, and I would have probably had the same thought, that they were in trouble and were about to experience the judgment of God, but they couldn't have been further from the truth. Because that's not what the angels and that glory of the Lord was there to do. It wasn't there to cast judgment. It was there to announce a deliverance. By the way, not the only time when someone was afraid of seeing an angel and the glory of God. We mentioned Saul of Tarsus. That passage goes on to read, when he saw that light, I'm sorry, and he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? 
They said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And it says in verse number six in that passage, And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? As he sees the glory of the Lord there, and he's having this dialogue with God, the Bible says he trembled at it. He was so scared that he was literally shaking in his sandals. And uh, he was so scared, he was so afraid as well. And the Apostle John, as he is privileged to see the glory of God revealed in Revelation chapter number 1. It's kind of a lengthy passage I have here, but after he sees all this, the Bible simply says this, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. And he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, and here's those two words we've been looking at throughout this series, Fear not. I am the first and the last. I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. You don't need to fear. I'm here. I'm alive. And I live forevermore. Well, the angel of the Lord instantly calms their fear with the precious words, fear not. And again, I know we all had times where we were not just afraid, but we were so afraid. And maybe you're going through a season like that right now. Uh, Listen to what the angel said to them. Fear not. We don't need to fear because of what he's about to share. It's interesting to note that the angel continues to comfort them. He says in verse number 10, For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. So he says, first of all, in verse number 10, I bring you good tidings of great joy. I bring you, lowly shepherds, these good tidings of great joy. And they're not just for you, though. They're for uh, all people as well. Now, we already talked about some of the implications of why the Lord chose to appear to these shepherds. But why not? I mean, why not appear to political leaders? Why not to Herod? To make him aware. Now, we kind of know why, because he was afraid of losing his uh, position and his power. But why wouldn't he uh, maybe appear to Caesar Augustus, who maybe had a little bit softer heart? Maybe he could have had some influence over the entire Roman Empire and, and said, oh, there's the, the Messiah is here. And, and he, he could have, why, why not him? Why not to the elite of society with some real influence? I mean, why not to the celebrities in that day? Those who everybody, you know, all the entertainers perhaps, or the uh, sports players, or why not let them hear it first? Why not to the wealthy, to the rich and famous? Why instead give this message to a bunch of dirty and despised shepherds? In fact, the Bible, when the history tells us that they were so despised by the Jewish culture that the only members of society beneath shepherds were lepers. And so it kind of they were at the bottom of the barrel when it came to societal hierarchy. Um, nobody really liked shepherds. They despised them. They were kind of the forgotten of society. They were the shunned of society, and yet, praise the Lord, God did not despise them. Instead, he chose them to be the ones to hear this special announcement. But this message that they were about to hear wasn't just for those specific shepherds. It was meant for all people. 
Verse number 10, Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. You see, the message here is that no matter who you are, he came for you, and he came for me. It does not matter what nationality you are. It does not matter what your financial status is. It does not matter what side of the tracks you grew up on. It does not matter what your educational background is. It does not matter what religion you were raised in. It doesn't matter if you are male or female. It doesn't matter if you are young or old. It doesn't matter if you root for the Oklahoma Sooners or the Oklahoma State Cowboys, it does, or even the Texas Longhorns. It does not matter if you are a Ford man or a Chevy man. God loves you, and the ground is level at the cross because this message shall be for all people. By the way, it also does not matter what skin color you have because there is only one race, the human race. See, red and yellow and black and white, we're all precious in His sight. Why is all this true? Because the angel of the Lord said on that very first Christmas, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. That's you and me, my friend. Now, what were those good tidings of great joy? That leads me to number three this morning in our uh, message. The Savior was announced. The Savior was announced. There have been many wonderful headlines in history. Headlines in newspapers announcing great news, but there have been no greater announcement than what we find here in verse number 11, and here it is. For unto you, aren't you glad it was unto you? It's unto me. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. What tremendous news. Uh, the greatest headline, perhaps, in history is right here in Luke 2, in verse number 11. This was the announcement that prophecies given hundreds of, year hundreds of years before were finally coming to pass. For example, one such promise was made 700 plus years before when Isaiah prophesied in chapter 9, in verse number 6 of his uh, book. It says, For unto us a child is born. Unto us the Son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. He came to be the Prince of Peace, and aren't you glad he did? Because we're going through kind of a, not a very peaceful time in our world right now. But it was Jesus, the Prince of Peace, who said, in this world you shall have tribulation. He promised that. He said, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. The Prince of Peace said that. Uh, we can uh, move forward in our lives knowing that he is in charge and that he has come to give us peace. So this announcement goes forth. But this morning I want to ask the question, who made this announcement? Who made this great announcement? Well, first of all, we see that it was made by the messenger was made by the messenger. In uh, verse number 9, uh, this angel is, is speaking. I'm sorry, verse number 10, the angel said unto them. So the, another word for angel, by the way, is messenger. Um, but this messenger, this angel, gives this message. And uh, what does he say about this? First of all, he mentions and he speaks of, 
the place where Jesus was and would be born. Verse number 11, he said, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. And then verse number 12, he tells us a little bit specifically, This shall be a sign unto you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. So he spoke of his place. Now, we know that the city of David is a reference to Bethlehem because that's where Jesus, that's where Mary and Joseph went uh, to go and uh, register and pay taxes. And then that's where he was born. Uh, of course, the shepherds had no idea where Jesus was, uh, so they needed some instruction on where he was. And this angel gives them the information that they're looking for. He spoke of his place. Now, Bethlehem, as we consider his place, wasn't a bustling city at that time. It was actually quite an obscure place. The Bible says in Micah 5.2, But thou, Bethlehem, this is the original prophecy of where Jesus would be born, Micah 5.2, But thou, Bethlehem, uh, Epaphrata, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth unto me that is to be ruler in Israel." whose goings forth have been from old, from everlasting. Bethlehem was not a capital city. It was not a hub city. It was a humble, humble town. In fact, Matthew chapter 2, it is referred to as the least among the princes of Judah. So instead of a palace in the capital city of Jerusalem, God became flesh in a humble town called Bethlehem and was placed in a manger. Jesus, was being, Jesus being born in Bethlehem was significant in another way. The name of this little town, Bethlehem, means house of bread. I mean, you've heard that before, house of bread. Several hands up. Well, isn't it then fitting that Jesus, who would later refer to himself as the bread of life, in John chapter 6, would be born in the house of bread? Jesus said there in chapter 6 of John, he said, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. He that believeth on me shall never thirst. And this bread of life would one day be broken for us on the cross of Calvary so that we might live for eternity with God. So uh, the Savior was announced by the messenger and he announced the uh, place of his birth. But then he also spoke not only of his place, but he also spoke of his person. Who this was, this wasn't just some celebrity that was being born. This wasn't just some rich uh, family that's having a child and, and uh, it makes news worldwide, you know, when like uh, the royal family has a child. I mean, the whole world knows about it. Uh, well, that wasn't the case here necessarily. Uh, not the whole world knew about it yet. Uh, but here we go. He spoke of his person. In verse number 11, he said, For unto you is born this day in the city of David. He mentions, first of all, that he is a Savior. He mentions, first of all, that Jesus is a Savior. Jesus came not just to be a good teacher and to be a good example, though he was all of those. Ultimately, he came to be our Savior and to deliver us from the most horrible disease ever known to man, and that is sin. Where there is no cure on our own, there's only one cure, and that's the blood of Christ that he shed on the cross for us. So Jesus, first of all, is the Savior, the Savior of the world. But then he also mentions that Jesus isn't just the Savior. He also mentions Jesus is the Christ. He says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ. 
Uh, Christ means Messiah, the anointed one. This was the promised deliverer for the nation of Israel. The Messiah is here. And so the messenger mentions the fact that Jesus is the Christ, but he also mentions that Jesus is the Lord. At the end of verse number 11, it says, Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. See, Jesus is the Lord, and He is indeed Lord of all creation, the Lord of lords, and desires to be the Lord of the life of every man, woman, boy, and girl who has believed on Him for salvation. So the question for all of us this morning as we consider His person is, is He your Savior? Have you been saved from your sin? Have you trusted in Him and believed on Him for your salvation? Is He your Savior? Is He the Christ in your life? And is He the Lord of your life? A lot of times we say, oh yeah, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. That's a great testimony, but, but really here's how Jesus uh, measures that testimony if it's really accurate or not in our lives. Um, Jesus said to His disciples, And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? That's a pretty convicting question. We're all good at talking about the Lord and how He's my Lord and Savior and how I belong to Him, He belongs to me, and, and uh, that's our verbal testimony. But, but as Jesus is looking at His disciples, He says, why do, you just, why do you keep calling me Lord and you never do the things that I ask you to? The real determination on whether the Lord Jesus is our Lord is whether we're willing to obey what He says. So again, I ask, is he, the, is he the Lord of your life? If He is, you're going to be willing to be obedient. You're going to be willing to do the things that He says. So He spoke of His person. Well, who else? We see the messenger announced these good tidings of great joy. Who else did this? Who else announced this? Well, we see the multitude announced it as well. In uh, verse number 13, all of a sudden, verse number 13, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. This is what the angelic host had been waiting for for all this time, and finally the Lord allowed them to sing out in praise to God. And heaven was rejoicing and, and uh, wanted to let the shepherds know just how much they were rejoicing that Christmas had finally come. And uh, they're not getting a new scooter. They're not getting a new bicycle. They're not getting a new car. They're getting a Messiah, a Savior. And they were excited. Those angels burst out. Verse number 13. God allowed them to have the opportunity to just let out their ecstasy, their delight, their joy in the fact that God's redemptive plan had begun. So praise the Lord, the multitude agreed uh, with this and burst out in praise to the Lord. They praised God, saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth goodwill, our earth peace goodwill toward men. But then it wasn't just announced by the messenger and the multitude, it was also announced by the men, by the men, by uh, these shepherd men who received this news, went out and announced it themselves in verse number 15. So as it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, 
Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste. Now, they didn't dilly-dally, dilly-dally. How many of you say that in your house, dilly-dally? Okay, we're not the only ones. Okay, good. Uh, I think that's Greek for hurry up. I'm not sure uh, what language it is, but it's uh, parent language, I think. But they didn't, they came with haste. They didn't, you know, go and check with their spouses. They didn't go, they went right away and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, verse number 17 says, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. You see, they just simply couldn't keep it to themselves. They had heard the message from the angels and the multitudes. And then they had seen it with their own eyes. And then they couldn't keep it to themselves. So they began to just share it with everybody that they could. They made known abroad the saying which has come to pass. Of our four children that we have, three of them struggle to keep secrets. They're not professional secret keepers. So Seth is pretty good at keeping secrets. The other three, not so great. And the reason for it is they get just so excited about the information that they've received. They just have to tell somebody. They just can't keep it in. Uh, I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing. I don't know. It could be both. Um, so when we went up to Branson, we knew that uh, Julie's sister was going to meet us over there. And we wanted to surprise Faith especially. Um, but we thought, you know, who are we going to tell? Should we tell anybody? Well, we decided to tell Seth. And uh, then we thought, no, let's keep the rest of it a secret from everybody else. Because if somebody else knows, they're going to slip. It just slips, you know. They just can't help it. They're so excited about that information that they know. And as I think about that, I think about the shepherds as they received this information. It wasn't just for them. The, the angel, remember, said, hey, this is for all pe- to all people. So they were supposed to go and share it. And they, they wanted to. They couldn't keep it in. They just simply had to tell others that the Savior had come. And so there they went, and they told it on the mountain, over the hills, and everywhere that Jesus Christ was born. Paul, the Apostle Paul felt very similar to the shepherds here. Listen to what he said in 1 Corinthians 9.16. He said, For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of, for necessity is laid upon me. And he said, Yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. You see, Paul felt compelled to share the good tidings of great joy to all people. He couldn't, he, he, it was something he just was in him and had to come out. I hope you as a believer this morning that you also feel compelled to share these good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Remember the last words of Christ before he ascended into heaven was to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, that we should be his witnesses under the uttermost part of the earth. May the Lord help us also to make known abroad the same. That's one of our purposes as believers. That's one reason why God has not taken us to heaven the moment of our salvation is because we have a mission to accomplish, a purpose to fulfill. And one of those purposes and missions is to take the good news of the gospel to all people. Red and yellow, black and white, doesn't matter. Rich, poor, doesn't matter. We're to get the gospel to everybody. 
Are you doing that? The Savior was announced by these three groups, the messenger, the multitude, the men. But what about you? Now we're supposed to announce that the Savior has come. And that he lived a perfect and sinless life. And that he was uh, crucified on a cross for our sins. And that he paid it all like we sang about a few moments ago. Are you doing that? Are you doing that at work? Are you doing that at school? Are you doing that in your neighborhood? Are you doing that as you go out and about your business? Are you making known the, the, the message uh, of these uh, good tidings of great joy? Are you making them known? Are you spreading the gospel? Are you announcing the Savior has come? God wants us to be. And so we see that. Let's pick it up here in verse number 18 of Luke chapter 2. I'll read down through verse 20 and, and we'll wrap it up here this morning. And it says, And all they that heard it, wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. So as they go and make known this, known abroad the saying, and uh, spread these good tidings of great joy, there's people going, huh, that's interesting. Could this be the one that has been promised all those years ago? And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary, verse 19 says, kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. She thought on those things. By the way, that song that a lot of churches sing during this season, Mary, Did You Know? The answer is she knew quite a bit of that song. She did know that who she was holding was not just an ordinary little boy, but that he was indeed the promised Son of God. So yes, the answer to those questions in that song is, yeah, Mary did know most of, most of it. But verse number 20, it says, And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, and it was told unto them. So they came back to their flocks. They came back to their job, to what they were doing. But you know what? They were different. They were changed because of what they had seen and heard. And they returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things. Now, tonight, we're going to have an opportunity in our evening service to come back, to return and to glorify and praise God for all the things that the Lord has done in our lives. Let's, let's do that tonight. Let's uh, glorify and praise the Lord for who He is and for what He's done in our life. And as we go our way, as we live our lives, let's live our lives try, endeavoring to bring glory to God and to praise the Lord as we go, our, go throughout our lives. So what lessons should we learn from this third instance of, or fourth instance in, of the Christmas, uh, of when someone in the, in the Christmas story was told to fear not, what lessons should we learn from this? Well, first of all, most importantly, by all means, receive the main message of Christmas. Luke 2.11 says, Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Has he saved you from your sins? Is he your Savior? Is he your Lord? If not, today is a wonderful day to receive the greatest Christmas gift you could ever receive. Eternal life, forgiveness of sins, uh, assurance of where you're headed for all of eternity. If you're here and you've never done that, I would encourage you to place your faith in Christ today. But then those of us who have trusted Christ as our Savior, let's be resolved to take the good news around the corner, around the world, that a Savior has indeed come. And that He lived a perfect and sinless life, and that He died on the old rugged cross for our sins, and rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. 
and that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Let's take that good news. And let's be like those shepherds and just like, I, I can't keep it in any longer. I've got to tell my neighbors. I've got to tell my coworkers. I've got to tell uh, my classmates. I've got to tell my friends. I've got to tell my family. I've got to tell my neighbors. I've got to tell the person in the drive-thru. I just got to tell everybody because I've seen it. I, I, I know the change that God has made in my life, and I, I, I want it to happen to you too. I want you to know that your sins can be forgiven, and I want you to know that you can go to heaven someday when you die. So I want to encourage us this morning to uh, hit the reset button when it comes to our outreach to this world. Again, we're not just here to just receive blessings all the time. We're here to, we are blessed to bless. And we've been blessed with this, you know, uh, we've, you've probably heard the illustration of a horrible disease and, and there's a cure that you get. Okay, Not that anybody can relate to anything like that going on right now. Okay, But if you get the cure and you go, well, sweet, I've got the cure and I'm just going to keep it all for myself and you have the ability to share it with others and you're not doing it, that's pretty uh, selfish of you. Guess what? You and I have the cure for sin. And uh, there's enough to go around, not just in my family, but there's enough for the whole world. And I'm pretty selfish if I never tell anybody about it. I'm pretty selfish if all I do is keep it to myself. Hey, I'm going to heaven, and I'm, I'm good. I've got that covered. I've got my fire insurance. I'm set. But I never share, any, share any, that with anybody else. It's pretty selfish. Lord, help us to not be selfish as we go into this new year. We still have a bunch of flyers there on the table. They're not to decorate the table. They're not, uh, they're not decorations. They're to use to get the gospel out into our community. So this morning, I would invite you and encourage you to take some more. Um, make sure your purse is nice and stocked. Make sure your car is nice and stocked. As we go out this week, let's, I, I realize that there's... Uh, you know, some concern and safety things we want to keep in mind when it comes to all that's going on around us. But God doesn't say, go reach the world unless there's a global pandemic. In fact, actually, during a global pandemic, that's the time we really need to reach out into this world. Not back off, but we need to uh, be maybe creative and, and safe, but let's get the gospel out. So this morning, grab some of those flyers, take them with you, use them. This week, let's pray together this morning. Lord, thank you so much for your goodness in our lives.